Our reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, and I'm reading from verse 23. Matthew, chapter 8, and reading from verse 23. Jesus calms the storm. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. Let's pray together. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. Father God, as we look into your word this morning, help us to find out what kind of man your son was. And help us to discover you in that. And may that impact our lives. We pray that you might speak to us afresh and anew. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you were here last week, we uh, we began a a new uh, mini-series on uh, catching the wave. And... uh, it was uh, inspired by uh, my recent holiday in uh, in Swanage uh, when I purchased a, a brand new uh, boat and uh, and took it out to sea and we were talking about recognizing the wave recognizing the waves that God sends we we talk about the difficulty in catching the wave and uh, we talk about ride, riding the wave and then we talked about getting off the wave and uh, this week we're thinking about waves, but uh, different kinds of waves. Last thing we were thinking about trying to catch and get on board a wave. And uh, this week these are maybe uh, thinking about waves that we would rather uh, avoid or waves that catch us and sometimes catch us unaware. So we're thinking about Jesus uh, calming the storm. And I want to think, first of all, talk about uh, waves of danger. Waves of danger. If you've ever been out to sea in uh, in any sort of vessel, uh, you will know that it is actually quite a, a dangerous place to be because uh, waves can come uh, from nowhere and just sweep over uh, your boats. Without warning, a furious storm came upon the lake. Without warning, a furious storm came. I know you were hoping that the wave would just knock me, knock me flat out of the boat, wouldn't you? Um, the interesting things about this, uh, the disciples getting caught in a storm is that, uh, they did it when they were following Jesus. The passage starts off with, then they got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Jesus' disciples were following Jesus, um, but they didn't realize that they were following Jesus into a storm. And uh, one of the first lessons that we learn from uh, this passage is that even when we faithfully follow Jesus, 
Sometimes unexpected storms come. You might have been uh, taught or heard that, you know, come and follow Jesus and he'll, he'll take away all your problems and, 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 and make sure nothing bad ever happens to you and he'll protect you and uh, you'll live happily ever after. Uh, anybody that's followed Jesus for any length of time will realise that this is just not true. Uh, that people diligently following Jesus still find themselves in the midst of storms and troubles. And Jesus doesn't just make everything okay. So waves of danger, we all uh, experience at some stage in our lives, waves of danger. And uh, notice that these came without warning. Uh, when they left the shore, uh, presumably the lake was was calm. I've never been to, to Lake Galilee, but I'm, I'm told that the Sea of Galilee is an unusual body of water. It's relatively small, 13 miles long, 7 miles wide, 150 feet deep, uh, 680 feet of shoreline, uh, sorry, 680 feet below sea level. But because the Sea of Galilee is below sea level and surrounded by mountains, it's susceptible to sudden storms. Winds sweeping across the land come over the mountains, creating downdrafts over the lake, combined with thunderstorms that appear suddenly over the surrounding mountains. The water stirs up into violent waves very quickly. The sea can be calm one minute and violent the next. And so it is with the storms of life. It would, it would be, I say it would be great, it wouldn't be great, but it would be nice to have some warning, wouldn't it? If somebody said, you know, in six months' time, uh, this terrible thing is going to happen, at least you could in some way prepare yourself for it. Uh, but the reality, uh, warnings, uh, uh, storms come without warning. We get a phone call from somebody, um, we hear some news, uh, something happens, and we're just not ready for it. And uh, it is like a wave. Uh, crashing over you and although you didn't see me actually getting knocked out of the boat uh, believe you me uh, I've been knocked out of a boat by waves one thing I didn't tell you about my, my boat the new boat 997 uh, from Toys R Us not only did I get the boat for that £9.97 I also got a pair of oars and the pump to blow the, the boat up the oars were plastic and uh, on my first outing in the boat a wave did crash over me uh, we didn't catch it on film. And it broke the oars. I had to replace them with uh, wooden oars. And, uh, you know, this is what happens. Sometimes we are just overwhelmed, aren't we, by the circumstances that we face. And it is like a wave just crashing you onto you and just knocks you flat. And sometimes this is our experience. Dangerous waves that come out of nowhere, surprise us and knock us absolutely over. Without warning, a furious storm came upon the lake, so the waves swept over the boat. Where did the storm come from? Where did the storm come from, I wonder? Um, if we know anything about the, uh, the Israelites, actually, the Israelites were not really um, a seafaring people. They weren't really that comfortable. Although the, some of Jesus' disciples were fishermen, uh, the people of Israel were not really a people that took to the sea uh, that readily. And uh, when we look at the sea, uh, for the Israelite, the, 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 they would see the, the sea as a place of danger. You know, think of the beginning of creation, you know, as a spirit uh, hovered over the seas and there was chaos. And, uh, and, and, and God brings creation out of that chaos. Think of Jonah. Uh, deliberately running away from God and he finds himself at, storm, at a storm in the sea. And of course, you know the story, it's not until they throw him overboard that the uh, 
that the storm ceases. So where did the storm come from? Well, um, our friend, um, whose name just escapes me, Tom Wright, thank you, thank you, I've used him enough, I should know it by now, uh, talking about Israelites and the sea, he says the sea for the Israelites came to symbolise for them the dark powers of evil, threatening to destroy God's good creation, God's people and God's purposes. So sometimes we, we, these storms can come and, and they do threaten us, don't they? They do uh, unhinge us. They do, uh, and, and we might wonder where the storms come from. And where was Jesus when the storm came? Well, of course, Jesus was in the boat with them. And you would think that would be enough, wouldn't you? Uh, Jesus was with them. You would think that would be enough. But there was a problem, of course, because Jesus was in the boat with them. Um, but Jesus was sleeping. Waves of danger sweep over the boat. Uh, the disciples are frightened and Jesus is sleeping. Waves of danger. Then I want to talk about uh, waves of doubt that also swept over the disciples because when they found themselves in a dangerous situation even though Jesus was with them they began to doubt they began to doubt and uh, the disciples went and woke Jesus and uh, Jesus said just give me another five minutes no, I didn't realize. I've just, uh, I've just made that up. I've just made that up. Uh, God doesn't need a wake-up call. God never oversleeps. But sometimes it might feel like he has done. Sometimes in the midst of your crisis, at uh, the very moment when you think you really need God and you really need Jesus in your life, it may appear that he's fallen asleep. Uh, that he's not hearing or responding to your cries for help. And sometimes that's the reality of how life is. Sometimes when we experience danger, when we experience suffering in our lives, it feels as if not only is God not in the boat with us, but it feels as if God has abandoned us because uh, we can't rouse him even though we cry out to him. Uh, But God doesn't need a wake-up call. He never sleeps even though our experience might be that's how it feels. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. Lord, save us. We are going to drown. It's a good thing when we face a crisis just to cry out to God, isn't it? Uh, Sometimes uh, crises, storms do actually Make us pray out of a necessity. And uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because their prayer is a mixture of faith and fear that collide in the storm. Lord, save us is a prayer of faith. Here's somebody that can do something about our situation. Lord, save us. Uh, we're going to drown <laughs> is, uh, is a frightened cry and, uh, and maybe doubt about whether Jesus can actually do anything about our situation. And I like that because we see the humanity of the disciples, don't we? Where they have the fear to cry out to God, uh, but they're not absolutely sure uh, what's going to happen. And and that's the reality of it, isn't it? 
You know, we cry out to God, we plead with God to do something about the situations we, we face. And we're not actually sure whether God is going to act or not. And the reality is, the painful reality, is that sometimes he does. And sometimes he doesn't. And it's difficult for us to understand that. Uh, it's great in this story because we know how the story uh, goes and we know the happy ending and, and often we see that in scripture. Uh, but sometimes it's just good to to be in the moment with the disciples in that uncertainty and uh, and that doubt because very often that's where we find ourselves. Crying out, Lord, save us, I'm drowning. Maybe some of you this morning know what it's like to feel like that. To feel as if your circumstances are actually drowning you. And you're crying out in desperation to God. Faith and fear collide in the storm. They doubted his concern for them. You know, why would Jesus, if he's in the boat with them, why why has he allowed this to happen? And of course, very often, that's one of the first questions that we ask, isn't it? You know, why is God allowing this to happen to me? What have I done to deserve this? I'm faithfully trying to follow God. And look what's happened. You said normally pointing to somebody like me, that if I followed Jesus, everything would be all right. Well, I would never say that, but some people have, and it can be quite damaging. They doubted his concern for them. In Mark's Gospel, in in his record, he has the disciples saying that they woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? And of course, sometimes that's how it feels, doesn't it? That God doesn't care about us, he's off blessing somebody else. And and we've always got, I don't know about you, I've always got a friend uh, that everything seems to just kind of, you know, they fall they fall down and they, and they get back up again and, and they, they're blessed in so many ways. And, and it's lovely having a friend like that, but not if you're in the midst of, of some kind of painful situation where God seems to be blessing somebody else and not you and God seems to be answering their prayers and not your prayers. Don't you care if we drown? And sometimes we have to be honest in our prayers to God. Uh, you know, we, we, we can put on a, a politeness in church for everybody else, but sometimes we just have to, you know, it's okay sometimes to shake your fist at God um, and get a bit angry. It's okay. You can quote me on that one. It's okay. Because sometimes life does make us angry, doesn't it? Situations make us angry. And uh, we cry out to God, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Why don't you do something about it? These are prayers. These are still prayers. Uh, They're real prayers because they come from our hearts. They come from the depths of our disturbance. And God hears us. God hears us. They doubted his commitment to them. They doubted his commitment. It was Jesus' idea to go across the lake in the middle of the night. Um, Have you ever been in that situation? You've had an idea and things have gone wrong and everybody reminds you it was your idea. You suggested this. You suggested this. And they start to point the finger, don't they? And you can imagine them pointing the finger, even though they were they were fishermen who were used to and experienced the Sea of Galilee. It was Jesus' idea to come across the lake at this night. I'm, I'm a fisherman. I would have never suggested it. You can imagine the sorts of conversations that they might have had. They doubted his commitment to him. Can I open my eyes yet? Well, no. Jesus replies to them, You of little faith... Why are you so afraid? You of little faith. You of little faith. Why are you so afraid? You know, in this chapter, chapter 8, 
not going back any further than chapter 8, Jesus has already healed a man with leprosy. He's already healed uh, uh, Peter's mother-in-law and many other people. Uh, he's with them in the boats. He's there, even though he's sleeping. He's with them. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Well, they're so afraid because they're human. And it's quite a natural response to dangerous situations to be afraid. It's quite a natural response. And you of little faith, I like that because the reality is uh, we are a people of little faith. Especially when things are going wrong. Especially when circumstances are not going how we wanted them to. We are a people of little faith at best. I know there'll be some people who'll, who'll want to say to me, well actually I've got a great faith in a great God. And uh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And uh, there are people like that. You've met them and so am I. But most of us um, have got a little bit of faith. Uh, but that little bit of faith is in a very big God. We want, this is uh, Beth Moore in her book, Whispers of Love. We want Christ to hurry and calm the storm. He wants us to find him in the midst of it first. I like that. Uh, we want everything to be sorted here and now. We don't want to suffer. We don't want any pain in our lives. We want everything to be resolved so that we can, can, can continue to live in relative comfort. Sometimes it's in the storms of life that we actually find Jesus because we are forced to cry out to him. Waves of doubt swept over the disciples after the waves of danger. And that way it led on to waves of discovery. Waves of discovery. It was a case of, we talk about sometimes the calm before the storm, but this was the storm before the calm. The storm before the calm. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. And it was completely calm. Jesus just said, be quiet, be still. And the waves obeyed him. Quite impressive that really, isn't it? Quite impressive, isn't it? Sometimes you hear people say... You know, they quote that verse, don't they, when, when Jesus talks about doing greater things than Jesus. And I always laugh and I say, you won't. You won't ever do anything greater than Jesus did. Because of who Jesus was. When he said to the waves, be quiet, the waves were quiet. I don't know about you, but when I say to the waves, be quiet, nothing seems to happen. Um, but I'm not Jesus. I'm not God. And uh, he rebukes the wind and the waves and brings calm. The men were amazed. You would be, wouldn't you? You would be amazed. You would be amazed. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of man is this? Who is this? Uh, even though they'd been with Jesus for some time, they were still discovering who he really was. Shock waves uh, rippled across the boat at just what Jesus could do. They'd seen him heal people. Uh, they'd seen him do some pretty amazing things. 
but to be able to bring a storm to calm just in a word was pretty amazing. Maybe their minds were taken back to the Old Testament. O Lord Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord. Your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea when its waves mount up. You still them. They knew that God had the power to bring the waters to calm. And here he was amongst them in the person of Jesus. We sometimes make our greatest discoveries about Jesus in the midst of the storm. It's when our faith is challenged and tested that we discover more about Jesus than we do on those lovely sunny days. Because we are forced to seek him. The storms of life will either draw you closer to God or further away. Storms of life will either draw you closer to God and further away. And I've seen both things happen. I've seen Christians who have been incredibly strengthened through the storms that they've been through. But we mustn't forget I've seen Christians that have almost lost their faith because of the the painful situations that they have had to endure. And that's what storms tend to do to us. For some people they seem to draw them nearer to God. But for others it just becomes one struggle after another. And they're fighting to hang on to their faith. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that because that's what storms do. Whatever happens, no one will emerge the other side of the storm in the same way that they went in. No one will emerge the other side of the storm in the same way that they went in. People will be affected in one way or another. And we need to remember that. Because Jesus calmed this storm, but he might not have calmed the storm that you're going through. But we still need to seek him. We still need to cry out to him, because where else can we go? I don't know what storms you're going through at the moment, or what storms you may be facing. But I know that Jesus promises to be with us. He doesn't promise always to bring calm. Sometimes he does, and when he does, that's wonderful. But his promise is that he will be with us, that he's in the boat, and that we can cry out to him. And that's what we do.